This is a fresh agenda, bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work. Here is Christina Mendonca. This is a fresh agenda where we chat with innovators, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. I'm Christina Mendonca. Welcome to this little spot in the digital universe. Glad to have you here for a while. Well, we are definitely in the holiday season officially with Thanksgiving being over and Christmas on the way. And this time of year always brings excitement for some people, but it can be lonely for others and it can be filled with some expectations, maybe a little anxiety. This is why I love this particular interview today. Gordana Biernat is a thought leader. Named one of Oprah Winfrey's super soul teachers, she inspires through her writing. And we get to spend some time with her today to get a glimpse at her philosophy, which is that if you know yourself, your life is infinitely happier because you know to, how to attain that happiness. Now, the way I found her is a bit ironic on my least favorite social media platform. You know, when I get to my desk at KFBK each morning, which is, you know, oh, dark 30, because we start at 5 a.m., I go through all of my news websites and my socials, and it's only been about in the last three or four months that I've been really active on Twitter again. I left it alone for a while, especially when I wasn't doing a daily newscast for about a year, because I just found it to be so negative. In fact, I used to tell my husband and my friends that Twitter is just a dumpster fire of negativity because people will say the most vile things to each other on Twitter. I have to be on it because it's a primary tool for journalists, but I can't possibly block or ignore all of the ugliness that people hurl at each other. I, now, don't get me wrong, I'm not poly positive in real life, but I'm a realist. But maybe my sense of civility just won't allow me to lash out uh, like others do. I just don't, I don't feel the need to get so upset about things. But it's stomach turning, some of the things people say to each other. So while checking Twitter a few months ago, I saw one of Gordana's tweets. And it stopped me because it was beautifully written and simplified the concept of gratitude in a way that made me just stare at it for a moment and think. It made me feel better about the day, about my life and my path, and it gave me energy, so I hit the follow button. And I have read her tweets every day since then and reached out to request an interview a couple of weeks ago, and I was delighted, of course, when she said yes. So I wanted to get her on now because of what's going on right now in our state and in our society and at this time of year. The rain has all but squelched the fires in California. In fact, there's now concern of mudslides in the burn areas, but there are thousands of people displaced. Luckily, there are hundreds, if not thousands of people that have rushed in to help. And it's been so inspiring to watch all of the donation drives and the people that have just stopped their own lives to go out there and pitch in any way they could. And I knew that Gordana would have something important to say on that aspect of human nature, and I was right. So you'll hear that during our interview. She also does this kind of mini meditation with me at the very end that I hope you'll do with me when we get to that point. So this podcast is thinking big picture. This is not about your job or your parenting or your pivot or your other life skills or all the other stuff that I like to talk about. This is about the 50,000 foot view that we all need to look at our lives from occasionally. The higher frequency we should strive to attain for peak happiness. It's about um, the tweets that make you stop and think and contemplate and draw energy. 
But first, let me talk to you about one self-actualized individual I know, and that is Dave from New Age Aerial. Now, Dave has a team of drone pilots and the most amazing equipment to get spectacular shots. Not just pretty pictures, though. New Age Aerial has the FAA licenses and the expertise to help engineers on the ground get the shots they need of structures and equipment so they can fix our dams and bridges and roads. There's this huge push from the federal government right now to get our infrastructure all squared away, and New Age Aerial is standing by to help agencies secure these massive infrastructure projects. So they can go on a macro scale to help the federal government, but they can also help local clients. We're talking real estate agents, land developers, movie directors. You tell them what you need from the air, and they can get it. And I love that Dave and his team love doing this. Sometimes he'll just send me some breathtaking shot randomly in email and say, look what I got to do today. That is joy. And he'd love to do that for you. So reach out to Dave and his team at newageaerial.com. Use the phrase fresh agenda, the name of this podcast, and Dave will take great care of you. Okay, let's give you a little uh, curriculum vitae on Gordana Biernet. Gordana is the only European to have been named on Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul 100 teachers list. Her straightforward and empowering tweets have already inspired hundreds of thousands across the globe. And she has a new book, which is a collection of her most profound wisdom. It's called How Hashtag know the truth, and it will open your eyes to your true potential and inherent inner power. It will remind you of who you are and why you're here. All the truth thoughts in the book have one purpose, she says, to help you understand yourself and your place in the world. The truth is never complicated or irrational. The truth always feels easy and right, which is why Twitter is such a great platform for her because they are just simple truths. So if you have an unresolved issue or need guidance, she says, you can open the book and say to yourself, what is my message for today? And then read what the message has to say for you. So again, the book is called hashtag know the truth. Why knowing who you are changes everything. Gordana Bjornot joins me now from Sweden. And thank you so much for being here. I, I'm sure it's pretty late at night for you. <laughs> Well, not at night. I'm I'm a night owl, so it's pretty. It's not late yet, but it's around nine o'clock. So it's it's evening and it's dark outside, pitch dark. <laughs> right, right. Well, um, it's great to see you and great great to have you here with me. Um, you know, it was interesting. Twitter is, I have to tell you, my least favorite platform because I feel like there's so much vitriol on on Twitter mm -hmm. and and there's a lot of political sniping back and forth. I use it as a journalist because it's a great tool for journalism. But I saw your tweets. I started seeing them and I started retweeting them and they always made me stop and think. And I know that is part of your purpose. Um, so tell me why you picked Twitter as your platform to spread your messages. I think actually it was my husband who did that because it was a time when my mother was really ill and I haven't been expressing myself fully the way I should have expressed myself in my life always. So she was ill and she was really, she was at, at the hospital and I was sitting in the garden with my husband and I was talking to him and it, I had an aha moment where I felt that my mother is dying and she has never expressed herself fully. She was 65 at the time. She's alive still and she got through that. But anyway, so she has never expressed herself. And I was sitting there with this, so much knowledge within me and not allowing myself to express that because I felt that I'm a woman born into a world where the masculine principle is prevailing. It is dominant. And it 
it, it puts you in a position where you cannot express yourself fully and the way we usually do as women. So I had to fit in all the time. And I, I almost was 50 before I started expressing myself fully. So we were sitting there and my husband said, well, you know something, you should be saying all this, these thoughts out there, putting them out there on social media. And I was kind of, oh, I don't like Facebook and Instagram is nothing for me. And he said, well, why don't you take Twitter? And I was going, what's that? I didn't even know what it was. And then I tweeted out one tweet. It was about happiness or something in English. And a man in India responded to it. And that's when I had the aha moment. I was thinking, oh my God, I can reach anyone with my thoughts. And it was so beautiful because I have this ability to boil down things into very short sentences. That's what I've been doing all my life. I love doing that. So Twitter kind of it, it just suited me so well. I started writing in English more and more, which opened up more and more within me. And I started putting out, posting unfiltered thoughts out there. Mm -hmm. I did not tweet them. I didn't do anything with them. I just allowed them to go through my heart. And I had just one thing. They had to go through a love filter. I would ask myself, is there love in this? If the answer is no, I wouldn't put, put it out there. And this is what I've been doing since 2013, I think. And it, of course, it has become much more um, artistic and it has become much more me. And I love it. And as you say, Twitter is a very negative place to be. But that is why I love being there, because I'm a light. I'm a light out there. So you can just come there and... and, and absorb the light, light that I'm putting there, because it is the truth. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying anything that isn't the truth. It is the truth. We are love and we are light. And this is what I'm posting there at the most negative place on social media. So I love that. <laughs> I love it. And I know that's why it caught my attention and why it's caught mm -hmm. the attention of hundreds of thousands of other people, yeah. including yeah. Oprah, who put you on a list yeah. of her, her super soul teachers. Tell me how that came about, how you got notification of it and what that entails. Well, I mean, it was actually Sherry Salata, who was the president of uh, OWN at that time. Uh, she found me exactly the same way as you did. And I didn't know, but she was actually watching me on Twitter for a while. And then she just sent me a DM, which stated, hi, Gordana, do you want to dream a little? And I said, yes. <laughs> and that's how it was. And then, I mean, six months later, I was in LA and I was on this beautiful list of wonderful people. And I mean, if I would say that my tweets were whispers before that, now it feels like I have a megaphone. I mean, it's, it's, it's made a, an enormous difference to me. It's like getting the Nobel Prize in self-help. That's how I feel. So uh, it was beautiful, and I loved it. I really did enjoy it. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I love the pictures, too, that, that came out mm. of that. But um, So your background, it's like this, this beautiful combination of the psychology and the art mm -hmm. and the writing. I mean, when mm. did you first, uh, when did it first come to you to put your thoughts down in words that that was going to be your medium? I think, actually, I described it then, uh, sitting in the garden, garden with my husband. I've always been writing, but I... Since I am from Sweden, then Swedish is my first language, and I have been writing in Swedish, and I've been writing about art, and 
Uh, and that is all fun and cool, but this, this is something different. To write in English, I don't actually know what happened, but the first time I started putting my words down in English, it felt like that was my first language. Hmm. I don't know why. It felt like I had, I don't know, had a past life or something that came through me and it opened my mind. It was like a, another universe in my head when I started writing in English. Maybe it is because the Swedish language is not that, um, it, it, it's not easy to express things about consciousness in the Swedish language because it lacks certain words for it. And English does not lack that. You can elaborate it in all, all ways. <laughs> and I felt, I felt that that kind of opened me up for it. And then, of course, I was afraid of being vulnerable and putting out my private thoughts. It's one thing to write academic text and it's one thing to write about art, but this is something different. This is, this comes from me and they are my, purely my own thoughts. So I felt really vulnerable. And I think that Twitter became that medium where I, in small doses, could allow myself to be vulnerable out there. And then when my husband put eight of my tweets together and came with them to me and, and said, look at this, you have actually been writing much more than you think, because to me, it's one tweet at a time. And I put it out there and he came and showed me this. And I, I realized that I had actually written a book only I had done it through Twitter. So I had to assemble all the text that I had put out there and it became a book from this Right. And, and I, um, I cannot wait to read it. I have the name of it here. Um, I, and I love the name of it. Hashtag know the truth. Why knowing who you are changes everything. Tell me about the mm -hmm. title. You know, I, you know, okay. And I just have to say as a woman, I, you and I are about the same age. In fact, we were born on the same day, which I thought was yes, very I interesting <laughs> when I saw it that. So I, was, cool. I just noticed that this morning. I thought, wow, but we're about the same age. And I'm finding just in my peer group of other women, my age, midlife is such a time of renaissance where you really do mm. feel like you have permission to, and you really do feel like you know yourself in a way that I, I don't feel the same way. I did not feel the same way in my twenties. What is it about yeah. this time of life that helps us as women know ourselves? I think that, um, somehow we align to our true self. Maybe it is, I mean, I felt that I started aligning to my true self when I got my son, when he was born. The first time I looked into his eyes, I felt the authenticity of his soul. And I could literally mirror myself in that soul. So I felt that, okay, I cannot not be authentic. Because if I am not authentic, then he cannot be authentic. So that kind of pushed me into the authenticity in my life. And then becoming older, you care less what others say about you. Amen. That's the beauty. <laughs> yes, that's the beauty of becoming older. I, I truly love that feeling to not let it affect me. It's not that I don't care, but I don't let it affect me. I become more balanced. There is something with time that makes us more balanced. I think we balance the masculine and feminine principles within us. We allow ourselves to, um, to stay balanced. And that is why we enjoy being older. I, I truly, I would never go back to being 20 again. When I look back at my past, if I would say, where do I recognize myself? 
I recognize myself in the 12-year-old Gordana, but I do not recognize myself in the 20-year-old Gordana because the 20-year-old Gordana was trying to fit in. Right. And the 12-year-old did not try to fit in, did not try to comply, because as a Scorpio, you know what that means. We do not like to comply. No, we don't. <laughs> and, and I think that sometimes lives take us on, on detours, and 20, 30, that's a detour. Right. So I feel, I feel that I enjoy more being who I am today than I did when I was 20. One of the concepts that um, I think one of the first ones that caught my eye, and it has been again lately as I read your tweets each day, is the perception mm-hmm. or the, um, the the concept of gratitude. And, and I found in my own life, when I've been going through the most difficult times, if I can stop and, and, and express gratitude, instantly yes. things seem to get better. Why yes. is that? Because you connect to your soul source. I mean, I write it in my book, um, we are love. We are unconditional love because that is what our source is. Is And every time we deviate from unconditional love or love, we feel some kind of pain in our reality. Either it is emotional pain or physical pain, or we feel fear. It's a negative feeling. So if you want to disconnect from that, you need to go back to your soul source. And the fastest way is to feel gratitude because you feel the love going through you. You allow the source to go through you. So gratitude is one one way of aligning yourself with your higher self and your truth. That is why it feels good. I mean, our feelings are actually a compass. Every time you feel that something isn't as it should be, you should be trying to find a way to soothe yourself back into alignment with who you are and then solve the problem. Because it's very hard to solve something when you are agitated or fearful. You do not see all the options because your frequency is too low. So you have to go up in a higher frequency and you do. The fastest way is appreciation. The Mm -hmm. fastest way is or seeking beauty because there is something in nature that resonates to that frequency, which is beauty. 1111 is one of those things, actually. It's about the Fibonacci spiral and how that goes. It's a sequence that starts with one, one, then go two, three, five, eight. And the one, one and one, one is actually as above, so below. It is a spiral that the nature, how nature works, it does so in heaven too. So if you are connected to who you are, you will experience it in this reality too. Wow. I hope I'm not making it complicated. No, no, that's okay. And the one, 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 one we're referring to in case anyone missed it is our birthdays. 11, 11. Yes. Uh, And happy belated to you as we record this in November. The same same to you. Talk to me a little bit about fear because, you know, a lot of there's a lot of especially around the holidays, which we are right now. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of longing and longing. There's a lot of absorption of other people's pain. And and there's a lot of fear. And I had a good friend of mine who happens to be a therapist who said, you know, uh, humans make a beeline for safety at all costs because of fear. How do you try to alleviate some of that with your writings? Well, I, I know that fear is 
I, if I if I call fear an illusion, people get mad at me. But if I say that love is the only thing that is real and everything else is contained in love, because all that is, is unconditional acceptance of all that is. So that's the essence of who we are. And everything that is in this reality is contained or is actually the essence of all that is. So fear is secondary and love is primary. Fear is something that we are, have created in this reality. A child who is newly born does not know what fear is because that is something we learn in this reality. So it is something we can unlearn too. So for me, fear is, it is always about finding a way to soothe yourself away from fear and ask yourself, is this really the truth? I mean, when you look at the news and they're creating this sense of fear and danger and survival out there, you might think that the universe is a bad place to be in, but it is not actually because we are all alive and everything is flourishing. When you look at nature, nothing is, there, there is no war going on in nature. We are the ones creating it, which means that we can uncreate it too. So there is a solution to it, but it's very easy to go into that frequency. And when you are in that frequency, it is hard to see the options outside of it because it is a very low frequency. And if you want to see the options, you need to be on a higher frequency to see all the options. So I'm pointing here so that you can see fear is a very narrow band of frequency, whereas love is a bigger band of frequency. And everything that is contained in it, you cannot see it when you are in fear. So from that is why I'm saying that fear is an illusion, because you can snap out of fear and find your way back, as you do, for instance, with gratitude or asking a question, is this really true? Is this really how it is? To question your beliefs about fear, that's the way to do it. And it's it's harder when there are a lot of people doing the same thing, because then you are a co-creator of that fear, and it becomes almost real, because be beliefs are like bricks in this reality. We create this reality with our beliefs, our emotions and our thoughts and our beliefs. That is what is the frequency we're allowing through us into this reality. So if we are all co-creating that fear and everybody believes in that fear, it becomes real in quotation marks. But it doesn't have to be because if we pour love into that, the fear suddenly disappears because it isn't real. It's very elusive, actually. When you start looking at it, it disappears. It doesn't like to be looked at. It wants to hide. And everything you're afraid of, if we should actually talk about it. And we would find that there is actually nothing to fear if we would talk about it. Right. I Who reaches out to you? I mean, I know I did as a journalist and other journalists do, and I've, I've watched some of the other shows that you've been on as well. But are there people that reach out to you wanting a specific message? I think that most people that connect to me are true seekers who really, truly want to know who they are. So they connect to me because they feel that I put words into their emotions and they feel that my messages are crystal clear. They feel the love in the messages. I, I'm not talking about, you know, sleazy love. I'm talking about some kind of reassurance of who they are. I'm actually 
what I'm doing with my messages is that I am reminding them of who they are because they know, we all know who we are within, but we need to be reminded of it. We need to have a reflection from the outside, a validation that this is who I am. So I couldn't say that, that it's a specific kind of person because I have people all over the world, all countries, everywhere, all ages, men and women, actually 50% women and 50% men, which is very unusual when it comes to these kind of messages. So I think it's a universal truth that echoes in my messages, and that's why all kinds of people connect to me. So I wouldn't, there is, it's very hard for me to say an age or how they look. It's, I think the red thread is that they are seekers and they truly want to know who they are. They right. need a validation of what they already know about themselves. Right. So um, what's, what is, I ask this of all of my guests, where do you go to uh, kind of replenish your creativity and and your energy because obviously you're putting all of this out that that takes a lot of your energy and your time of mm. course as well how do you replenish yourself I think that it all starts with I truly love what I do so doing it replenishes me gives me energy when I do it it gives me energy it gives me immense pleasure to do this but at the same time, of course, I, I can't do it all the time. I have to do something else in order to find inspiration and new things. So I, I live in a really loving relationship. I have a husband whom I've been married to for 33 years, and we truly love each other. So he is one of my go-to sources when I feel that I need energy. I also have a enormously beautiful son who is 21 and Actually, sometimes it's enough that I go into his room and I sit down and just sit there and I feel his energy. So I, I fill myself with that energy. But I also love to go out in nature, for instance, and, and just look at things and enjoy. I could, I could get energy by sitting by a tree. That's enough for me and I will have these thoughts. It's almost like I cannot turn them off. I cannot find any off button to turn it off. So it's always flowing through me. And it's just about how much I want to allow and how how much I don't want to allow. So um, I think that I am living my dreams. I'm actually living my daydreams because when I was a child, I did not have a, uh, I didn't have an easy childhood. It was really rough. So I spent a lot of time daydreaming of how my life would look like when I was older and literally, it looks like that right now. So I think I did the work when I was a child, and now I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm literally living these daydreams I had as a child. So it's, it's hard for me to say that, okay, so when I've done my work, I go yoga or something. It's not. It's very, everything is entangled in my life. My work and my life are one and the same thing. So it, it is flowing all the time. And I get energy from doing what I do, actually. Do you put out your tweets at the same time every day? No, I don't. I don't. I sometimes, I try to put out a mantra every day at the same time, but I am a person, I don't like the linear time. Okay. <laughs> I really don't like. I try to put out one in one hour, for mm -hmm. instance, but sometimes it goes two hours, three hours. Sometimes I put 
several in, in one hour. It, it, it's all about how I feel and where I am and what I'm doing at the time. Because, I mean, I can stand here and make dinner and, and then there's a tweet in my head and I go and I write the tweet and I put it out there. Because I've sensed that when my true energy is in the tweet, people react to it more. And I cannot explain this scientifically, but I can see it. I can see that there there's more likes to it. And it's, it's mind-boggling how it can be so. If a tweet really comes from my heart, I really feel it when I put it there, people will react to it. And it's, it's mind-boggling how that comes. But I love, I love it when I can see that people have reacted the way I wanted them to react on a tweet. So, and I, yeah, go uh, ahead. How, how do you, you, you have a son who's 21. I have a daughter who's 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I know it, I know it. There are a lot of, we should be besties. Okay. Yes, so we should. <laughs> how do you, I mean, do you use some of what you are using to help other people to help your own child? I mean, guiding another mm-hmm. soul, um, because even after they leave the house and, and my daughter now lives in Australia, my oldest lives in Australia mm-hmm. and, but she still, we talk daily and I still mm-hmm. feel that she needs my guidance. Do you use mm. some of what you, you use in the world to help your son? I do, and but I also feel that my son came into my life as a teacher. Mm. I feel that he is a very, very wise soul. And sometimes I feel that he's teaching me because I think that I need to guide him. And then I realize that he doesn't need any guidance. He knows what he needs to know himself. So that's something that I need to, to kind of absorb. As a mother, you always want to help your child, but sometimes they do not need that guidance. And I feel that he has come to a place where he does not need my guidance in that way. He needs my support. He needs me to be there for him. He needs me to be there unconditionally for him, but to allow him to make his own mistakes, to make his own choices, even if I see that, okay, that choice might not be what I would have chosen. I have to learn how to not always speak what I think and allow him to make his own choices. And that is new to me because I have been guiding and doing things the way you describe them for a long time. But now when I look at him, I see a little boy, but he's 21. So he's a young man. And I have to wake myself up to that truth every single time I look at him, that he is a young man and I, I was his portal into this world, but I, I do not own him. I do not, there, there is, it has to be a disconnection so that there isn't a relationship built on mother's son. It is more like a friend. So if he comes to me, if he asks me, then I will give him my opinion, but I, I wouldn't go in there and say, don't do that, do this. Because I, he, he said it to me once, you are sending signals to me that you don't trust my wisdom. So I, I go, okay, now I have to back off <laughs> because I do trust him. I really yes. do trust his wisdom. It's just that maybe I wouldn't do it that way. But then when I look at it, he's always doing the right thing. So uh, I have to learn how to trust his wisdom. That's what it is. Oh, that's, I'm that learning. Is- it's a beautiful message and it's true. And I think it's universal yeah. with our children. We do have to eventually realize these are their lives and their decisions and their, their life to build. 
That's awesome. When you said that your daughter is in Australia, he actually has a girlfriend in Australia. So we have so many points there that are we connecting. Do. <laughs> yes. Something you said earlier, I, I'd like to hit it upon because as I as I sit in in my office and I read your tweets every day, I mm-hmm. I think about um, my favorite place on earth to be, which is mm-hmm. up on the Oregon coast with my husband hiking in that just impossibly green forest. Um, that's usually damp and uh, has this wonderful smell of the ocean and the woods. And it just, I mean, it, it, it centers me every single time when I, we hike for hours just quietly together. Um, where do you go um, to connect with nature? You, you made mention of that. Well, I do. I'm more of a city person. So mm-hmm. nature to me could be go to sit down in, in my garden and look at a tree of apples, for instance. So I feel that that is enough for me to just be there or stand barefoot in the grass and just feel the grass between my toes. So I don't have to go anywhere. I actually do it because I have the privilege of having a garden here. But where I do go to get my... Um, dose of spiritual infusion, that would be Krakow, because my husband comes from Poland, Krakow. And it is a medieval city, and I really feel the energy there. I, I come back full of energy when I've been there. I cannot explain why it is so, because it is a city, and it, it shouldn't be so. But to me, there is something specific in that city that gives me a lot of energy. So I, when I want to fill myself with energy, I want to go to Krakow all the time, every single time. <laughs> wow, that sounds beautiful. Um, you are your your tweets are so are such uh, full of such beauty, and it it makes me think. And, and I know you must have heard about the horrible fires that California is having right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, but what has been so inspirational in that covering it as a journalist is watching all of the people who have rushed in to help the people making meals, the people who have just abandoned their lives and jobs to go and take care of other people that they've never met before. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it brings to mind your sense of trying to connect to a higher frequency and a higher love. Mm. You do that every time. And this is, this is why I feel that humanity as human beings, we are good Essentially, we are unconditional love, but when we come into this society and the belief systems that are there, we go into survival mode, which creates something else within us. And then there is a crisis, like the fires, and we open up to our true selves. That is when it comes out of us. So what we are seeing in a crisis, people helping each other, this is the real us. This is who we truly are. And then we forget that when we go into a habitual being of everyday life. So I think the, the, the good side of a crisis is that we always, always show up with our best side, with our true selves in that. Because we cannot do anything else. We do it automatically. That is our true essence. And it's beautiful to see that. It, it makes me, I almost, I felt it when you were speaking, I felt like choking up because I know that this is the true, the true, the true us. This is who we are. Right. 
Right. Gordana, mm-hmm. tell us how we can connect with you for those who, of course, we can find you on Twitter, but how do we find mm-hmm. you and some of your other writings and your book and, and give us all that good stuff? Yeah. Well, you can go to mypartalk.com, which is my page. And also at my Talk. Uh, on Twitter. I'm on Instagram and also on Facebook. Everything is, if you just write Gordana Bjarnat, you will find every single thing where to find me. <laughs> and if you really want to know what goes in on in my head, you should read my book, which is hashtag know the truth Why knowing who you are changes everything. It's everywhere online. You can buy it anywhere. It's going to be my holiday gift to myself. And so that I can open it up each day and receive a message that will make my life better. Thank you so much, Gordana, for your time. I just wanted to share one thing before okay. we, I want to do a micro, a micro meditation with you. Okay. If you like, it takes just a few seconds. Love so, and all the listeners, um, because I just want to give you a sh- small glimpse of who we truly are. So do this with me. Um, put your hand on your heart and breathe in and breathe out and repeat after me. I am the light in the darkness. I am the light in the darkness. I am the love in the hate. I am the love in the hate. I am the calmness in the storm. I am the calmness in the storm. I am the courage in the fear. I am the courage in the fear. There you go. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you so much again for your time. I so appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to stay in touch. We'll be tweeting back. And if I ever get to Finland, I'm going to look you up. Yeah, you come to Sweden well, because that's Sweden. where I am. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if I get to Finland and call you, you're not going to answer. I will get to Sweden uh, and come see you. When you get, yes, I'm, I will love to meet you. Okay, excellent. Thank you so much, Gordana Biernat. Thank we you. We appreciate your time. Take care. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Gordana Biernat. And uh, I promised her before we got off the phone that I would not fly to Finland and look for her. <laughs> okay, a quick word about a few upcoming projects that you may find interesting. Uh, my Capital J Journalism Project is a story right now on opioid addiction and something new that is having amazing results. I actually uh, shoot this story in a couple of weeks. I'm working on it now, doing the research, and I'll be presenting it during the month of December. It will be a video story as well as a series for News Radio KFBK, and I may turn it into a podcast depending on what I get. Who knows? All right. Uh, we've also welcomed a new sponsor on my weekly digital newscast called The Shortlist. Sierra at Tahoe has come on and they've partnered with me and another gentleman, Pat Mack, to produce ski reports each week. So look for Pat Mack's Snow and Ski Reports sponsored by Sierra at Tahoe. That is on my weekly digital newscast called The Shortlist, which you can find by either subscribing to my YouTube channel or follow one of my socials. I'm also putting them up now on kfbk.com. And reach out to me anytime for, um, you know, conversation, you want to have a question, uh, you have a suggestion, go to christinamendonsa.com. That's Christina with no H. You can also find me Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. till 9 a.m. Pacific on KFBK, which you can get on either kfbk.com or you can go through your iHeartRadio app if you're not in the Sacramento area. Once again, this has been A Fresh Agenda. I'm Christina Mendonca. Let's stay connected. This is A Fresh Agenda. Bringing your productivity and creativity together to generate your deepest work.